Welcome everybody to another episode of Night at the Podcast. Uh, we are so close to Christmas. I uh, decided I'm running a little late on my uh, my episodes, but you know what? I'm gonna have this one out, and I am gonna do a Christmas episode, and it's gonna be on to New Year's. And yes, we're gonna keep going and going and going. Um, but yes, uh, I'm gonna do a quickie here. Uh, yeah, kind of like my love life. <laughs> Uh, joke, joke, joke. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about the She-Hulk questionnaire. We're going to be talking about the Lord, uh, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power questionnaire. Then we're going to get into some kind of news. And then uh, we're going to go into reviews and recommendations. But first, we're going to start off with our trailers. So I just want to tell you guys that there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on, guys, uh, with the death of Twitch and just so much announcements on the Marvel and and DC page, James Gunn taking over, so many people uh, losing their jobs and all that stuff. And is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. But I guess we're just going to have to wait and see the outcome of the DCEU, the new DCEU. Um, is it good that they got rid of Cavill? Is it good that they got rid of Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Um, what's going to happen with uh, Shazam? You know, it's just a lot of stuff going on. So <clears throat> is it good or is it um, DC is spelling a disaster? I don't know. We'll talk about uh, what I think um, James Gunn is doing in DC and what's going to be the next step of Secret Invasion. I mean, Secret after Secret Wars, what I think. I don't know if that's going to actually happen, but who knows? <clears throat> but yeah, we're going to go right into the trailers. And being that we're going to be, it's crazy because we're going to be talking about the She-Hulk questionnaire. We're just getting in the trailers, you know, because I have a lot of trailers that are currently you know on here <clears throat> that i haven't caught up on but uh just because i haven't caught up on them doesn't mean that i'm not gonna do them <clears throat> so yeah we're gonna go right into the uh we're doing the the questionnaire of the lord of the rings rings of power as well as she hook like i said and we're gonna go right into the trailers right now um but before that i want to talk a little bit about twitch steven boss i don't know what's going on with these people i mean yes i get it there's a, a big wave of depression and anxiety and all that stuff going a lot of people saying mental illness <clears throat> i mean that's what jdf like died of he ended up killing himself from what i understand um, because he had mental depression and all these things, and people, we have to start being a little more attentive and and seeking out what might be going on with people nowadays. Like I go through my depressional stages and all these different things, but I don't know. I guess deep down inside, I I have a fear of God, you know, and I don't want, you know, it's like a lot of people say, oh yeah, you know, you could. You know, you got to seek help and all that stuff. And yeah, you know, obviously, you know, when you go through these moments, um, when you're locked in your own head and stuff like that. What the heck? Sorry. Radio, the TV went on. When you're lost, when you're locked in your own head and you have nobody to help you out, it's like, yeah, you need help. You seek help. Um, I don't know. With me, it's it's like so many, so many people just want to die. They want to end it all and all that stuff. But when I think about it, I'm like... I'm so excited to see what's there tomorrow, you know. 
yeah, things things are horrible now, but yo, there's so much room for things to change. You know, like things can change tomorrow. Things can be a brighter day. You know, I can be happier tomorrow. I don't know. But it's like there's so many people out there who are willing to end it all because they're going through a really hard time. And I get it. I feel that sometimes. But I don't know. I guess I don't know. I guess I'm just built different. I don't know. Maybe it's that I have the fear of God in me. I don't know. You know, in the end, I just don't know what causes me to not look at death as an alternative. Killing myself, like, what the heck? I mean, I'm not, I don't have the best. See, that's the thing that I was telling a friend of mine. JDF, uh, uh, Twitch, Stephen Boss. There's so many people, like, these guys have reached stardom. You know, like, they've been in movies. <clears throat> they, they're, they have a fan base. They do so many things out there. They reach the masses. They have money. They're paying their bills. They're doing all these amazing things, right? But and and, and they get into this depressional stage, and their their um their way out is to kill themselves because they don't know what other steps to take. It's like 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 me. I have nothing. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I don't have any real money saved up. I just you know I live from day to day. And all stuff, but I'm super excited to see what's gonna happen tomorrow. You know, I could easily be like, "Oh, I have nothing to live for. Let me end it all." Because I literally have nothing. I don't have a family. I don't have money like that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know anything. But I'm excited to see what's there tomorrow. You know, because just like I've been living in poverty for the past uh, 41 years. Things can easily change, and I can be a millionaire tomorrow. You know, that's the way I look at things. I don't know. It's just, I guess, it's just me. Maybe I'm built different. Like I said, who knows what's the case? But in all reality, I, I don't know what's going on with these people. When I found out that Twitch Stephen Boss committed suicide, from what I understand, he. Left his house, uh, I don't know, went to some rinkety old um, hotel and decided to shoot himself. You know, he didn't even take his car here. It's like, it sounds like he just walked there. You know, I, I don't know what, what what's going on. It, it makes no sense to me how people that have a little more than I do, maybe not everything all together, but they're, with their, they're, they're, they're at their wit's end and they feel like, their next step is to end it all. Like JDF, Jason David Frank had kids, a daughter. Same thing with Stephen Boss. He had kids. This is something that you should think about before you're thinking that maybe it's easier for me just to end it. Like, okay, I'm going to kill myself, even though I have a little child that still needs his father. And I get it. You have to be that far gone. You have to be that depressed. You know, how long was he feeling this, this, this depressed? You know, the show Ellen didn't end that long ago. Maybe he started feeling depression. Maybe he's been dealing with it all life. But how do you not know when you, you're like, <clears throat> you have to catch feelings. Like, 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 I don't know. I guess like Ryan Coogler, when he was working with, um, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chadwick Boseman. And he said that he would see him depressed and all these other things in the corner or something like that. And he came to the terms after Chadwick Boseman passed away that 
I mean, Chadwick Boseman didn't kill himself. He died of, of pancreatic cancer. No, colon cancer. Um, he said that when he would see him in his corners and stuff like that, he, um, he just thought he was down and depressed or whatever the case. But no, the man was dying. And like, I guess we never know what somebody's going through. But um, I don't know. When you're in depression, that, 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 seeps, that seems to come out somehow. I've, I've revealed it to a lot of people, but it's just maybe some people aren't just willing to listen or maybe some people aren't willing to see, you know, if you stop and look at a person, you can definitely see what someone's going through. Ah, man, I hope I, I, I I wish peace uh, in the family and I wish peace in people out there who are going through this, Uh, of people who are going through this, you know? Uh, but we're going to get into the trailers, you know, um, the first trailer we're going to talk about is she hawked the teaser trailer, which came out about a year ago. I remember when it first dropped. Uh, but yeah, this is about Jennifer Walters navigates the complicated life of a single 30 something attorney who also happens to be a green six foot seven inch superpowered Hulk. Okay. So my best way of describing this series is um, <clears throat> Sex in the City was a, su- a super a super powered Sex in the City. Um, this show isn't really for kids. It's like what teens going into adults. This is all about Jennifer Walters trying to get laid or trying to find herself a man. You know, um, I'm, just to let you guys know, this is a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, I'm gonna do a questionnaire here which I'm definitely going to spill the beans on a lot of different things from this, this series so um, I'll give you one two three four five go watch the series if you haven't seen it um, I'm letting you know now it's not the best uh, DC I mean Disney property but yeah go watch the series come back and then listen to this um, this podcast yes so we're gonna without further ado we're gonna play the teaser trailer for She-Hulk Now it doesn't want to play? Ever wonder how Lido sells fancy holiday And they're going to put a commercial. Yeah, yeah, commercial. Every time a bell rings, Lido lowers prices. Just one verse of jingle bells and boom, savings blizzard. Think about it. Lido. Here we go. I'm Jennifer Walters. She's doing push-ups. It looks like she's walking to her job. Now it's the She-Hulk. These transformations are triggered by anger and fear. Oh, Bruce Banner. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It looks like he's trying to teach her how to be She-Hulk. And then they show him together like in the 80s series. Uh, And she says, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. So that's pretty much just a teaser trailer of what's to come in the She-Hulk. Next trailer we're going to talk about is... Again, an oldie. The trailer came out earlier this year. Or was it last year? Hold on. It is probably one of the best versions of... The Batman. So this was the teaser trailer that was released on DC Fandom. 
uh, it re- reveals when a sadistic serial killer begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. So here we go. I remember when this trailer first came out, this teaser, it drove the world insane, you know. It, was, uh, it wasn't even done yet because during this, they... Um, they they it was covid so people kept stopping um the shooting of this show it shows the riddler taping somebody's head together it says no more lies and they show commissioner gordon walking into this uh room it looks like somebody was murdered and now he's talking this is a perspective of uh, that we haven't seen much of yet uh batman as a detective a bunch of signs it's like uh, uh, riddles left all over the place to the Batman Robert Pattinson Robert Pattinson this is the second year of Robert Pattinson being Batman it's just a bunch of a collage of different scenes they show the Catwoman in her prototype outfit. The Penguin. If you are justice, please do not lie. What is the price for your blind eye? The hell are you supposed to be? So this movie came out in 2021, which was last year. Um, the movie was phenomenally amazing. I was blown away by it. I, I I just couldn't like. Okay, so this was around the time that um, DC was actually like breaking away, trying to do their own thing because the DCU had fallen apart, and um, it just it just wasn't doing good. So they tried their hardest to, you know, just do, what's it called, the the Worlds of DC, which was going to be a bunch of movies that were going to be all separate, and they were all going to be, like, uh, trying their hardest to coexist within the DC universe, you know, that's why they did, they were doing, like, a whole bunch of different, they had the Zack Snyder cut, they had... The Dark Knight, I mean, the the Batman, and they have Joker, excuse me, Joker, and they have all these different things, and in some ways, the DCEU was still connected with Aquaman and, and Shazam, and they were trying their hardest to try to save it, but unfortunately, it wasn't happening. 
So now James Gunn stepped in and he's knocking everything down. He's building new things. Although Joker and the Batman is still solo. But like he's talking about how does he expand the Batman. He wants to expand the Batman. And I don't know any idea for um, the Joker. But he is knocking things down. He's rebuilding. Um, Next trailer we're going to talk about is called Feria. The Darkest Light. I'm assuming this is what it is. If, if there's something else. Hold on. Let me check on this. Because I know that. <clears throat> I know that I put these trailers up a while ago. So, uh, Feria the Darkest Light is a thriller series. I'm assuming that's what it's called. I'm just looking to see if the Wikipedia has something before that. It looks like it's a, a, thrill, a Spanish fantasy thriller television series. Um, it is set in the 1990s, Andul, Andalusia, where two sisters must have a new reality and supernatural element. As it is revealed, their parents participated in a cult ritual ending in 23 deaths. Is this? It's I guess it's a TV series that was coming out to Netflix. So, um, hold on. Feria, or Feria, the darkest light. Okay. So this trailer came out about 11 months ago. So I'm going to put the official trailer, and then there's an English trailer, but I'm going to do the official trailer first. I'll see if I read to you guys what it says. At 6572, the Ferial Civil War Guard, they they saw something. It's like a puddle of dead bodies and red liquid. Your parents could explain what happened last night in the... When was the last time you saw them before the for the parties in San Juan where part of an organization the civil guard investigated a mass suicide incited by a cult the cult of light so our parents were enlightened or something how long have you been waiting for this moment I'm not leaving feria how will the neighbors react we don't know anything about it there are more cult members around Elena's in the kingdom. Do you want to join her? Mom? We're missing something. I don't know what it is, but there's something. She's convinced that life is a dream. What if everything we were told was a lie? You're going to kill yourself too. Keep away. I will hurt you. What did they do to Sophia? It's part of a ritual. How long has the call of light been in town? The kingdom will come. No one will stop it now. You're not a real. You're not real. It can't be true. Feria, the darkest light. So 
So this came out January 28th. I'm assuming it came out this year. So it looks like it's about a cult. Um, and <clears throat> these daughters are part of the cult in some ways. Like their family, their mother is part of the of of you know part of this uh, uh, sadistic satanic cult, and they have to die, commit suicide to enter this kingdom. And I guess um, to them, it's a kingdom, but it's like literally hell or whatever the case. So I mean, it looks like something to watch. Spanish. Um, with subtitles and it's on Netflix so if you're into that creepy uh, <clears throat> creepy type uh, make you think type series by all means next trailer we're going to talk to talk about is called Escape from Spiderhead I think this is a uh, Chris Chris hold on Prince Hemsworth series or movie. At least I remember that this was coming out sometime. I remember uh, seeing a trailer. Yeah, it's, here it goes. Yeah, the trailer came out about seven months ago. So let's check this out. Chris Hemsworth in Netflix's Spiderhead. Oh, they changed it to Spiderhead, not Escape from Spiderhead. Hello again. Sorry I'm late, Mr. Nessie. Not late at all. It's Spider-Man. We're proud of our work. Your presence in this facility, while technically a punishment, is a privilege. Thank you, man. Drug study. In science, we have to explore the unknown. They've tested me up and down. A lot weirder stuff than usual. Miles Teller. In this series. Before we begin, I need your permission to administer that for This place can really mess with your head. Drip on? Acknowledge. Drip on? Acknowledge. Acknowledge. So it looks like it's a bunch about a bunch of uh, test subjects. The short story of George Sanders. Chris Hemsworth. Miles Teller. Journey Smollett. Time to worry about crossing lines was a lot of lines ago. Do you acknowledge? We're making the world a better place. What you want is redemption. And this is how you're going to find it. We're selling peace and equality itself. <laughs> Beautiful people get away with too much. I say that having benefited myself from time to time. Spiderhead. So this was known as Escape from Spiderhead. But um, it looks like, okay, so I'm going to read you the synopsis, which uh, this uh, came out on June 17th. The synopsis reads that, okay, in the near future, convicts are offered the chance to volunteer as medical subjects to shorten their sentence. One such subject for a new drug capable of generating feelings of love begins questioning the reality of his emotions. So, 
it's not something that you would see Chris Hemsworth be doing, but I guess because of the fact that he's trying to venture out into new different things, kind of like a lot of different actors who are probably or primarily looked at as action stars or whatever, Chris Hemsworth is pretty much because of the the Thor movies that he's done, he's looked at as kind of like an action star. But yeah, Chris Hemsworth's in it, Miles Teller, who is freaking one of the biggest stars out now because of uh, Top Gun Maverick. He played uh, Rooster, Goose's son. Uh, Journey Smollett, who portrayed uh, Black Canary in the Birds of Prey movie. Um, <clears throat> and, and some other up-and-coming actors and actresses here. Uh, yes, the movie is out now on Netflix. Uh, definitely something to look forward to. It looks like it's one of those uh, uh, psychological thriller type movies. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Next trailer we're going to look at, I believe this... Uh, if this is the one that I'm thinking it is, I believe this came, this was supposed to come out way before the pandemic. Um, but unfortunately, being that people, uh, these act directors and actresses and actors, they did not want to lose out on the cash grab because they felt that by not releasing in the theaters, they would lose money. I mean, a lot of Warner Brothers directors got really angry at the fact that a slew of movies were released um, during the pandemic straight to uh, straight through to what's that called HBO Max. They were so mad. Directors boycotted and then a bunch of different things happened. But no, this is not it. This is called Through My Window. The trailer came out a year ago. It's on Netflix. Netflix. So let me look up the synopsis here really quick. Uh, <clears throat> so this was uh, to come out this year, 2022. Uh, it says Raquel's longtime crush on her next door neighbor turns into something more when he starts developing feelings for her despite his family's objections. So let's take out this trailer. It looks like it might be. It might be. I'm not saying it is, but it looks like it might be a foreign film. So I'll try to read to you guys as best as I can. Netflix one year ago. Trailer came out. So teenage girl. Is it that your neighbor? I don't know that snob at all. Looks like she's interested in this teenage boy looking out a window. Are you using my Wi-Fi? Good night, witch. Witch? He's a soccer player. Why did you follow me here? I don't know what you mean. You think I don't know about your obsession with me? You're not even my type. We'll see. Okay, it's a teenage sex movie through my window. Who's laughing now, Greek God? <clears throat> so this came out February 4th of this year. Um, I don't know much about it. I, I guess as time will go, I will try to give you more info on this particular uh, film. But yeah, um, well, let me give me one second here. I just want to jog some notes down because I want to f- look further into this. 
Let's see something here. Doo, 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 doo. I'm going to explore more into this movie because it just seems pretty interesting. It looks like it's a teenage girl who is obsessed with with this soccer player. And um, he doesn't look like he's interested in her, but it looks like she pushes herself on him. And he's like, uh, I'm not even into you. You're not my type. But she's like, we're going to see. It looks like she's going to... like. In all reality, that's how women are sometimes. It's like, oh, yeah, you're not interested in me? Well, I'm going to make you be interested by showing you my 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 sexual, uh, you know, prowess uh, of some sort. You know, they try to, like, lure you in by using their sex, their feminine wiles. And, I mean, I've had it happen to me a couple of times where I'm not really into the whole thing. But, you know, when a girl wants it, when a girl wants it, you know, kind of like if, I mean, it's not just girls. Guys do it, too. Um, but you know, when you're in your youth, it's easier to fall into those stupid, those little stupid traps, you know? Um, okay. So the next trailer we're going to look at is another movie that I remember hearing that was up in, it, it was up in the, um, what's the call? Uh, it was up for awards. <clears throat> Hold on one second. Doo, doo, doo. I know it was with Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield. And it's called The Eyes of Tammany Faye. And it's an, an intimate look at the extraordinary rise and fall, rise, fall, and redemption of televangelist Tammy Faye Becker, Baker. Now, this, this movie was nominated for awards. Let me see how many awards it was. Do, 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 the Eyes of Tammany Faye. Excuse me, my nose is a little stuffy. Okay, let's see. It was this movie was like all the rage in 2021, and uh, it says the Isaac Faye has its world premiere at Toronto International Film Festival in September 2021, and the searchlight critics praised the performances, particularly Chastain's wife. While I mean Chastain's, while criticizing the screenplay, deeming the film to be inferior to the documentary, at the 94th Academy Awards, the film won Best Actress for Chastain and Best Makeup and Hairstylings. Uh, Chastain also won the SAG Awards and Critics' Choice Movie Award for Best Actress. Now I remember around this time there was like three things that uh, Andrew Garfield had out. He had the Eyes of Tammany Faye. He had the uh, tick Tick Boom And he had Spider-Man No Way Home out So he was making a killing around this time But yeah let's check out this trailer The trailer came out about a year ago <clears throat> I haven't really looked at this trailer But we're going to see it together Searchlight Pictures Tammy Faye What'd you do? Hello mother this is Jim Baker My husband <laughs> part of our mission to help people. Anyone who's hurting or they feel like they've been left out, God has planned for us. What do he tell you to do this time? Jesus keeps a ticking me and I'll sing. God does not want us to be poor. Father, Father, now God has a voice in this fight. Who's he fighting? Liberal agenda. Homosexual agenda. I think this is political. You can't talk to him like that. Jerry Falwell's a powerful man, Tammy Faye. She's a firecracker, Jim. They went through so much makeup in these movie, this movie. Just for one month. God loves you. He really does. 
doing anything wrong, though. Is that a question? This fall, which already passed, it is suspected as fraud. When I saw that clipping with my face on it, I thought for a second that you were proud of me. Now, Tammy Flea, you follow blindly. In the end, all you are is blind. I just want to love people. So these guys are frauds? But then again, most of these people were back in then. I mean, they still are. There will be revelations. There's a lot of people out there that are coming out to light who are televangelists and have done it for the money. Some people, they're just hurting so bad, and we just need to love them. I want to put my arm around you. And I want to put my arms around you, Tammy Faye. Academy Award nominee Jessica Chastain, Andrew Garfield. The eyes of Tammany Fett. I gotta check that movie out. I mean, I'm still trying to catch up with half of the movies that I've talked about uh, a couple of years ago when I started this podcast, and it's just so much that um, I'm just one person, so I can't really (laughs) catch up on everything. All right, next trailer we're going to talk about is a movie that came out earlier this year and unfortunately did really bad. Uh, it's It came out eight months ago. The trailer uh, released eight months ago. It is the Thor Love and Thunder uh, teaser. Uh, this movie is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, it was directed by Taika Waititi. Now, Taika Waititi did Thor Ragnarok, and Thor Ragnarok was good. But the thing is that he... I guess he pressed in on the whole comedic aspect of the uh, Thor Ragnarok. He just went to the next level, and it was too, too much. Uh, In the film, Thor attempts to find inner peace, but must return to action and recruit Valkyrie, Korg, and Jane Foster, who is now the mighty Thor, to stop Gore, the God Butcher, from eliminating all gods. Now, obviously, uh, Thompson comes back for Valkyrie. You got Waititi, who is voicing the character of Korg, and Natalie Portman comes back to play Jane Foster. And obviously, they say that she's the new mighty Thor. And um, I don't want, you know, spoiler alert. <clears throat> She gains the power of the original um, Thor uh, Mallet, Met Moyonir. I forgot how to pronounce that name, through her sickness of cancer, who she's dying. So Mo, she becomes very innocent, very um, worthy of the, of the hammer, and she becomes the superhero for this movie. Unfortunately, uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, she dies at the end and ends up, um, ends up in the world of Valhalla. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the place where, you know, these Vikings die and they go up to. Now, Gore the God Butcher is portrayed by Christian Bale. And Christian Bale did an amazing job, like always. Probably one of the best things to watch in this movie. Um, this movie was highly criticized for its, uh, its script, uh, its CGI, and all that stuff. Uh, it was one of the worst movies. It bombed at the box office, from what I understand. Let me see. It brought in... 
movie had a budget of 250 million and yes it made its money 760 point nine uh, point oh, 760.9 million but let me see let me redo the um the Thor Love and Thunder premiered at El Capitan Theater in Hollywood in June 23rd, 2022 and was released in the United States July 8th as part of the Phase 4 of MCU. The film received mixed reviews from critics with praise for its light-hearted nature, visuals, and performances of Hemsworth, Bale, and Portman. Where crit- while criticism was aimed at the screenplay and tonal inconsistency, many critics deemed the film inferior to Ragnarok. Love and Thunder grossed over $760 million worldwide, making it the eighth highest grossing film of 2022. Uh, let me see the reception in the United States. Critical response, the review aggregator website of Rotten Tomatoes reported an approval rating of 64% with the Avril blah, blah, blah. The site's critical consensus reads, in some ways, Thor Love and Thunder feels like Ragnarok Redo. But overall, it offers enough fast-paced fun to make this a worthy addition to the MCU. The Metacritic... On Metacritic, the film has a weighted average score of 57 out of 100 based on the 64 critics indicating mixed average reviews, cinema score, film average of B plus to A plus. In early reactions to the film, Screen Rant noted that the performance from Christian Bale and Natalie Portman were praised. Owen Gleiberman said there are many words to describe Thor Love and Thunder stating comedy is all part of the package that made Ragnarok such a genuine Marvel wildflower. Gleiberman wrote that the film sustains its freshness to the end, although it started with a more awkward first act with the Guardians of the Galaxy. He also praised Gore's characterization of powerful introduction. Well, here they're putting it very mild. Um, they're putting it very mild because throughout the the run of Thor, and to this day, I'm still seeing things on 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 TikTok and Instagram about this movie that it has been pointed to be the worst MCU in, um, um, solo film. Now, I wouldn't say the worst. I had fun watching it. It was, you know, one thing that I found out was that each each and every one of the Thor films have been told through the eyes of a specific character. Like Thor Part 1 was told through the eyes of Natalie Portman's character. Thor Part 2 was told through the eyes of Loki's character. Thor Part 3, which was Ragnarok, was told through the eyes of Thor's character. And now Love and Thunder is told through the eyes of Korg. And obviously Korg is a silly and funny character. So... After understanding it that way, I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. Like, the movie wasn't that bad, but there's a lot of people who have to, you know, fanboys always have to put their two cents in everything. And, um, yeah, well, let's just check out the trailer. This was the teaser trailer that came out about eight months ago. Thor's running through a field as a little boy. I guess in this part, uh, it's trying to tell you that Thor is giving up his warrior ways. Obviously, they use this amazing music. He goes from dad bod to god bod. (laughs) 
He's with uh, the Guardians this past July. Not every god. So Zeus has a plan. Remember what I told you. You ever feel lost? Just look into the eyes of the people that you love. Not me. What? Just listening. Four. Love and Thunder. That's when they show Lady Thor. July 2022. I mean, I remember when that trailer dropped. Oh, my God. Everybody was blowing up. This movie was going to be like the next big thing. Because we already had had uh, Spider-Man No Way Home in in December of last year. Um, and then all of a sudden, they, we saw the trailer for Doctor Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Everybody was like, "Oh my God!" Everything from here is just gonna get bigger and better. And then Thor: Love and Thunder, and we heard the music, and everybody was just, "Oh my God! This is gonna be the best!" I remember I, like, literally was going bananas for this, and <clears throat> unfortunately, it didn't do as well as we thought it was gonna do. Uh, next trailer we're going to talk about is... Uh, Outbooking.com. is going to be the Pam, Pam and Tommy second trailer starring Sebastian Stan. And I forgot the girl's name. Hold on. Pam and Tommy. It was a drama series that came out. Oh, my God. This was a crazy series. I remember I spoke about... I think I spoke about this before. Lily James played Pamela Anderson. Now... Uh, I'll read you the synopsis and then I'll tell you again the story of how this came to be or how I remember this to be. So Pam and Tommy, based on the 2014 Rolling Stone article, Pam and Tommy, the untold story of the world's most infamous sex tape by Amanda Chicago Lewis. The series was created by Hulu by Robert Siegel and is produced by Point Grey Pictures uh, Annapurna Television and Lionsgate now um, the series development da, 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 the first three episodes okay so this I remember back in the what the early 90s or like mid 90s I remember being I was a teenager uh, I remember that pornography was very very hard to come by Back in those days, I remember that me and my nephew and we wanted to see like, because I mean, everybody gets as uh, we're all young at one point and we start feeling all these hormones and all these other things. By the way, if you guys don't know about this, I'm sorry. Go speak to your parents about this stuff. Hopefully there's not young people here listening, but I'm not going to get into specifics. But um, when we get older, we start, you know, having all these unexplained um, feelings in our bodies, uh, hormones, all that stuff, especially when you're a young boy. I can only speak about me as a young boy. I'm pretty sure girls go through this too, but in their own ways. But as a young boy, we uh, we start feeling all these unexplained uh, feelings and, uh, you know, we want to watch the female form um, in the nude because of the fact that it's, 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 it's something that we're interested in, right? Especially straight, heterosexual, straight young men. So 
obviously we aren't uh as kids we're not i mean nowadays it's very very easy to get a hold of uh of adult you know adult entertainment because it's all on our phones it's easy just type it in and it pops up unless you have uh parents who literally uh you know kind of censor all that stuff on your phone and everything and they keep track of it <laughs> which is a good thing but um yeah it's very easy for a young person to get their hands on adult entertainment nowadays now when i was a kid it wasn't that easy. You had to have to know somebody's father or mother who had that type of entertainment. If you ran into a magazine, like a Playboy magazine, oh my gosh, that was like gold. Everybody wanted to get a chance at looking at that magazine. Um, so uh, like if you had uh, an adult film, uh, that, that would go around by everybody, friends, everybody would get a chance at that video. Now, I remember going to a video store with my nephew, and um, my nephew's only a year younger than me, so I'm 41, he's 40 years old right now. <clears throat> so he was my best friend, and um, I remember when me and him would get together, we'd go to flea markets, and we would find magazines and stuff like that, so without our parents knowing we would purchase the magazine or people would get it for us and we would use that magazine or whatever the case like crazy <clears throat> but um i remember going to a video store and 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 going to rent and we went to some like mom and pop uh, shop video store we went to go rent a movie because we were bored and he had a card so we went to get alien resurrection and I remember walking around and seeing the Pam and Tommy video there. It was a videotape. And thinking, what the heck is this? And Pamela Anderson was all the rage back then. You know, Baywatch and all that stuff. So everybody wanted to see her nude. Even though she already had posed for Playboy. But, like, this was a totally different type of nude. This was her in her private time with her husband doing a lot of adult and private things that everybody wanted to get their hands on. So I remember that was the first time that I saw that video, but I didn't see it. I just saw it in the shelves. And then as time went by and technology started getting better and the internet started getting better, that's when I looked it up. I guess I was in my, what, 16, maybe 17 years old, a little older when internet started getting more into, I think maybe 18. And I, I, looked it up and I got to see the video but by that point I already had been exposed to so much adult entertainment that that was like the last of what I wanted to see because there was just more out there but I finally got to see the video and it was just pretty much Pamela Anderson and her husband Tommy Lee um, on vacation and just them recording. It was pretty much the first sex tape that went around. That's what she that, that's what made her the most famous for. Obviously, her career never took off the ground. She never became like a big actress because she even though she did have some skill in acting um she was just known as the broad with uh, the broad the blonde broad with tits and they were fake um tommy lee was a, a headbanger drummer of motley crew and all that stuff so um that was pretty much the biggest part of their their uh celebrity which was this tape that people that that went around and um now the synopsis to this is literally 
uh, her videotape got leaked and the whole movie, the whole show, it's like an extended movie, is them trying to stop this from getting out there. Unfortunately, it gets out there and it gets really, really well known. Um, Once it pops out, it follows the story of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's relationship going back to the whirlwind romance that started with them marrying after only knowing each other for 96 hours in 1995. Um, It just, the whole series is about them trying to stop the expansions of this tape. And unfortunately, it ends up getting into um, um, the hands of uh, big top pornographic mogul and he makes it bigger so it's just destroying pretty much Pamela Anderson's life she has no chance at redeeming herself after this but the series was really good um I remember watching this it just brought back so much nostalgia here's the trailer Seth Rogen was amazing. Is that how you feel? Like you have to please people? That's all I do. Lily James was amazing. February 2nd. That was pretty much it. It was just like a little teaser. Um, Do they have anything else here? This is a more expanded trailer here. Will you please state your name for the record? Pamela Anderson. From the director of I, Tanya. And you use the drummer for Motley Crue. Did you find him attractive? I like to smile. I still do. Comes the greatest love story. Ever sold. Have recently come into possession of a piece of material. And I will do anything for love. This is so private. It's like we're saying something we're not supposed to be saying. Nobody's ever getting rich off a celebrity sex thing. What if we sold it someplace nobody could find us? A website. Oh, what's that? It's this thing on the computer. People will order the tape directly from us. Wow, you are so hot. Pamela, an hardcore sex video this February. How many copies of this are out there? Who be doesn't? Pirated copies are spreading up all over the web. You don't seem to understand what a big deal this is. I'm on that tape just the same as you. But this is worse for me. How is this worse for you? That was a really good series. Lily James really did her job in this uh, in this in this series. It was ridiculously amazing. Next trailer we're going to talk about is the fourth in the series of John Wick. John Wick 4. This was by far a surprise hit on 
A lot of people, I remember when I went to um, Comic-Con the first year that I went to it, I, I've, I hadn't seen John Wick 1, and I knew that John Wick 2 was on its way, and I remember them talking about that they didn't know it was going to be such a big hit, and, um, you know, I don't think Keanu Reeves was there, but I know that the people who made the movie were there, and they had just finished showing the trailer for John Wick 2. Um or was it after? Yeah, I think it came on after... Because we went to go see the panel of the Power Rangers movie, which was the movie that came out in 2017 that unfortunately didn't do anything. And um, then John Wick came... The people for John Wick came on. Maybe maybe Keanu Reeves was there. I just didn't really care for it. Um, and they said that this was just a movie that they were making. And they didn't know it was going to be such a surprise hit. So they did John Wick 2, and that hit it just as big. And then they did John Wick 3, Parabellum. And now we're on John Wick 4. So we do understand there's going to be a John Wick 4 and a John Wick 5. Now, John Wick 4 was supposed to come out last time this year. Uh, no, yeah, this year in the summer. Or was it the year before in the summer? I think it was the year before in the summer around the same time that The Matrix came out. So he was going to have a Keanu Reeves back-to-back film set, which was going to be cool. But unfortunately, Matrix came out in in Christmas of last summer. And John Wick is finally coming out now. Now, the summary reads, John Wick uncovers a path of uh, a path to defeating the high table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces the turn to that turn old friends into foes. Now, my thing is in part three, again, spoiler alert. If you guys didn't see it, stop it here, go watch it and then come back. In um, the last film, he was thrown off of a roof. And, you know, if if he gets up, normally, uh, hopefully they show his, his healing process in this movie. Because I don't believe that he's just going to get up and just go right off and do his thing just like nothing. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. You fell off of a roof. <laughs> you, have to, you have to somehow uh, be hurt. Something has to be hurt. Um, but yes, let's see the trailer. So this trailer came out a month ago. Uh, obviously, John, um, Keanu Reeves is back as John Wick. So let's see this. Lionsgate. Say goodbyes. He's walking through a church or the place where they meet. No. Donnie Yen's in this movie. Maybe it looks like he meets somebody new in this movie. Maybe not. There's a new woman. There's a lot of new bad guys in this. Wow. We don't know who it is. I'm assuming that the, the organization that he worked for now is still coming after him. Challenge him to single combat. Uh, Scars in here. Uh, Bill Scarsgard, um, the guy who played Pennywise. Lawrence Fishburne is back on here. Which is funny. That's how they reunite them because they were both in the Matrix.
2023, next year. If you win, the table will honor its word. We'll have your freedom. Under the old laws, only one can survive. Failure to meet at sunrise will result in execution. Last words, Winston. Just have fun out there. No way back. One way out. I want you to find your peace. A good death only comes after a good life. You and I left a good life behind a long time ago, my friend. John Wick 4 March 24th, 2023 I'm excited for that Very excited for that Definitely something that I want to see Of the next uh, year And the final trailer we're going to look at Is called Strange World Now this movie came out Unfortunately It's bombed horrendously in the box office Uh, So so bad that um, I mean right now Being that we are in Disney's woke period where they want to include everything and everybody instead of just doing it gradually they're forcing it down everybody's throats you know homosexuality making so many things that are not uh kids aren't ready for a lot of parents are not being bought out you know yeah there's all there's um, parents out there who are you know doing their thing and they're allowing kids to be exposed to most of these things but unfortunately not all parents are like this and they're not going to eat it up. Um, so, you know, like this movie is costing um, Disney a bunch of money. Uh, same thing with so many other productions out there that are just like Lightyear was another one that cost them a lot of money. Uh, Thor, it's just they're forcing things down people's throats. And instead of just going gradually about it, they just everything's coming out with a new agenda. But yes, Strange World, the legendary clades are a family of explorers whose differences threaten to topple their latest and most critical mission. Uh, Let's check this trailer out. This one came out about, um, this is a teaser, came out about six months ago. Prepare yourself for a journey beyond what is possible. Walt Disney Animation Studios proudly presents Strange World, a new motion picture event. Travel past space and time to a place of infinite mystery, unlike anything you've ever seen. Where in the world are we? Here's Thanksgiving, which already passed. Disney invites you on a journey into the strange. If you want to back out, this is the time to do it. Really? No! 
messing with you. Come on, let's make history. Fall of 2022. So I I can't really explain or say anything about it because unfortunately I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, but yeah, I can easily tell you that uh, parents are not uh, eating up what we give them. <laughs> I mean, if especially when it's woke stuff, it's like kids aren't ready for a lot of this stuff. Um, I, I can easily testify. I have a friend who has a son. Obviously, they went to go see the movie Lightyear and they um, saw the sequence where or a scene where uh, one of the characters, again, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't seen Lightyear, I haven't seen it myself, but I know that it's been spoiled for me. Um, There's a scene where there's a character, uh, um, it's a female who I believe has a wife in the movie and when she arrives from, I guess, outer space or whatever the case, she kisses her wife. And one of the, the the my friend's son went to go see the movie and he asked, why are there two female characters kissing? Now, it's up to parents to explain that to their kids when they might not want their kids to know that just yet. You know, so now parents are faced with the whole ordeal of having to explain their to their kids why certain things are happening and maybe they weren't ready maybe they didn't want them to know maybe they wanted them to know gradually maybe they wanted them to find out in high school maybe when they get older you know sometimes kids aren't ready for that you know when you tell a child um certain things maybe that'll influence the child into doing something and that's not the right way i'm sorry kids have to find themselves their way gradually my mom didn't speak to me about sex and um yeah i learned in time about sex, you know, I learned in time about what it is to masturbate and stuff like that. Yeah, my mom was never fit for that. I didn't have a father to explain these things to me, but I learned gradually. <clears throat> um, you know, I heard through things. You know, yeah, sometimes you do have to speak to your kids, you know, um, and explain to them certain things, but that's within time and within age, not because a move, a kid movie tells you you know kids are going to come to you with different uh questions that aren't aren't you know isn't their time yet and unfortunately we are over here thrusted when it comes to disney to do these things now because disney wants to contribute in including everybody and everything in their um in their repertoire or their library of you know entertainment and unfortunately, you know, parents are not up that up to speed yet. You know, in the movie Strange World, supposedly there's a girl or a character who is of same sex, like who is a. They want to make this character the hero, and he is gay or she is gay. I don't know if it's a girl or a boy because to me it just looks like a non-binary character. They haven't really. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know who the character is. But yeah. That's where I think that Disney's going right now. Everything's starting to flop because of these choices that Disney's making that um, aren't really up to par with certain parents. But yeah, okay, so that's it with the trailers. We're going to go right into our She-Hulk questionnaire. Um, If you haven't seen this show, I'm giving you 
time to go watch the series, come back. It's only like, what, nine episodes or something like that? No, I think it's lesser. And it's mostly just a bunch of comedy. Um, Like I said, it's like Sex and the City um, with superheroes. Uh, Moving on. So you got your warning. Here we go. She-Hulk questionnaire. Question number one, who is She-Hulk? So She-Hulk if you know, is is portrayed, um, the character in the comic books is known as Jennifer Walters. But the actress Tatiana Maslany, who is known for playing many characters in the series Orphan Black, who is also a Canadian actress, is the one who uh, takes up the mantle of She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, who is uh, an attorney at law in this series. Uh, moving on. Question number two. What relation to Bruce Banner is Jennifer Walters? So she is just happens in some iterations. Supposedly she has some kind of like, I don't know, some kind of incestuous relationship. Or I think maybe they're married or something or they have a kid. But in this series, she's known as her co- his cousin. Uh, so, yeah. Question number three. She-Hulk becomes the head of the superhuman law division at which legal firm? So, obviously, like I said, the name of the series is uh, She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Uh, so, the name of, this, the, of the firm that she works for is abbreviated as GLKNH. And it stands for Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and Holloway. Excuse me. <clears throat> Question number four. How many soulmates does Emil Blonsky have? Now, the last time we saw Emil Blonsky, he was the, the villain in the film The Incredible Hulk, with which starred Edward Norton back in like the early, what was it, uh, 2007 maybe or 2006 off the top of my head. I don't remember. Uh, but that was like during phase one of the MCU when they first got started and it was produced by Universal Pictures. Uh, but yes, Emil Blonsky was portrayed by Tim Roth, and he was otherwise known as uh, Domination. No, no, wait, Abomination, Abomination. My God, I said Domination. So yes, um, it's been a good while, and he was brought back into uh, Shang Chi and the Seven and the Ten Rings. Um, you see a quick scene of Abomination fighting Wong. Wong, uh, who is also part of the Doctor Strange canon. So, yeah, okay. Uh, so, supposedly, Emil Blonsky uh, has been in prison for a good amount of time. And during his time in prison, he met up with, uh, he started kind of like a cult. Uh, he decided to change his whole worldview. And he found uh, followers, and supposedly he has seven of them, seven soulmates who are females because they didn't show any males in it. Seven, he supposedly met them through a pen pal system in prison. So he's changed his ways. He's found a place of Zen. Uh, question number five. Supposedly he even asked uh, Bruce Banner, who was the Incredible Hulk, for forgiveness. And Bruce and forgave him. Question number five, what is the name of the dating site that Jennifer Point joins? So like I said, this is a lot like uh, like a lot like uh, uh, sex sex in the city. And it's Jennifer Walters not finding a man uh, or a date. 
and she literally wants to find somebody that she's compatible with. So she goes on, you know, dating sites, and one of the sites that she goes on is called Matcher.com. Uh, question number six: Which TV show does Madison uh, two was it two ends and a Y, but not what you think? I don't know what that means, but which TV show does Madison keep spoiling for Wong? So it's crazy because this supposedly TV series is run by Warner Brothers. And Wonder Brothers has another major uh, set of characters that they've been trying to develop uh, called the DCU. Again, Warner Brothers looks like they might have partnered up with Disney. I don't know because, I don't know, they just throw, they throw in a lot of Dis, uh, DCU and Disney. So, I don't know. Like I said, I'll tell you guys something later on once I'm done with this. Um but yes, the series that she keeps spoiling for Wong is The Sopranos. Um, such a great series. Question number seven. Footage of Abomination finding Wong originally featured in which Marvel movie? So I spoke to you guys about this a little a couple of questions ago. Uh, and the movie is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's where we first see Abomination come back in his new form. No less. Uh, question number eight. What sort of spaceship causes the car crash? So in the, I think it's the first film. There's like, uh, I think it's Bruce Banner, and yeah, Bruce Banner and G- and, and 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 Jennifer Walters are in the car. They get into this accident because the ship appears out of nowhere, and that's how she ends up um, accidentally crossing her blood with uh, Bruce and becomes She-Hulk. Now. The ship that appears is a saccharin ship. And there's a little bit about the saccharins. Uh, the saccharins, also known as the Sarkarians, are a sentient insectoid race native to the planet of Sakar, which they share with a large number of stranded individuals of many different species. There are two varieties of Sakarans, the humanoid variety and the insectoid variety. Now, this is the same planet that his son scars from. Uh, question number nine, who plays Tatiana? No, Titania. Now, I thought Titania, I guess Titania would be the main villain of this um, show, but uh, it's just, I don't think it even had a villain. It was just all over the place. Um, but yeah, Titania was portrayed by Jamila Jamil. And this is a little bit about Jamila Jamil. She began her career in Channel 4, on Channel 4, where she hosted a pop culture series in the T4 strand from 2009 until 2012. She then became the radio host of the official chart and was co-host of the official chart update alongside Scott Mills on BBC Radio number one. She was the first solo female presenter of the BBC Radio One chart solo. If that's a little something for you, then that's cool. I've never heard of any of this stuff. I just looked it up, you know, it's a bunch of research. Question number 10 Which musician was impersonated by a shape shifting light elf from Asgard? Now, obviously, this is all over the place. Asgard is Thor's world. Um, and here it was just, it, I guess this was just a, a little shout out to um, Tatiana Maslany because she was supposedly a big fan of, uh, of, of, of this particular uh, rapist, ra- rape, rapist, rapper. 
Um, her name is Megan the Stallion. According to the Hollywood Reporter, Megan's cameo was all thanks to Jamila Jamil, who plays Titania in She-Hulk, who worked with the rap star on HBO Max's Legendary. While filming season two of the ballroom competition show, Jamil was preparing for She-Hulk and discovered Megan was a major Marvel fan. And also, Tatiana Maslany is a, Meg, a Megan fan. So, question number eleven: What is Madison's to ends and a why? But now, what you think? Nickname for Wong? Well, she calls them Wongers, uh, which is pretty funny because Wong is such a like uh, a hard character. But yeah, she calls them Wongers. Question number twelve: What does Tatiana sue Jen for? Um, it's pretty funny, but uh, she co- she she sues her for copyright infringement of the name She-Hulk. I guess she was calling herself She-Hulk as well. <clears throat> but she was she didn't really claim the name; people just gave it to her. Question number thirteen: What is Jen's role in Lulu's wedding? Well, she's known as a bridesmaid. And it's pretty funny because when they, once we saw her in the bridesmaid outfit and she turns into the She-Hulk, a lot of people started throwing up memes of of the great Kali in this little dress thing that he wore in one of the episodes on WWF or WWE, I don't know, during his time in the WWE. Uh, question number 14, how many of Mr. Immortal's spouses sue him after learning he faked his death to get away from them? So eight of them. Including a male, Mr. Immortal. Now, this is a little bit about Mr. Immortal. Mr. Immortal was created by writer John Byrne, first appearing in July 1989's West Coast Avengers in the comics He is a Mutant. Mr. Immortal's origin is pretty grim. As a child, his mother died, and before his death, she asked the cosmic entity Deathurge to look after her son. Deathurge then was with Craig for a while and he had constant patterns of dangerous behavior like playing in traffic. Eventually, Deathurge tricked Craig into burning his own house down, which killed his father. He ended up in a foster care where he fell in love with with his foster sister, who also ended up dying by by suicide. See, I told you his uh, story was a little grim. Um, somewhere along the way, Deathridge stopped appearing and Craig attempted suicide for the first time, learning then and there that he'd gain the power of mortality. And that's how Mr. Immortal came to be in this series. Uh, hopefully they change his character because in uh, She-Hulk, he was just pathetic. <clears throat> Question number 15. What is the DJ at Lulu's wedding called? So obviously, play on the words, DJ Inc. Chettable Hulk or Incatable Hulk. I'm assuming, I'm assuming since his name is Ched, uh, DJ Incatable Hulk. Ched is a cousin of Jennifer Walters and Bruce Banner. Question number 16. Amelia, um, Emil Blonsky owns a wellness retreat known as, so like I told you, he started his own like uh, cult where there's a lot of people up there trying to change their lives and it's known as Summer Twilights. Question number 17, which of the two characters destroys Jen's car fighting at Blonsky's retreat? So I'm going to read to you who they are and a little bit about them. Manbull, Manbull and El Aguila. So Manbull is no, a real name is William Torrance, a.k.a. Boltars, and his partner Itch 
worked for Mr. Klein, who instructed them to kidnap people of the off the street. Their victims were to be used as test subjects by the professor, another employer of Klein. Daredevil stopped the kidnappings. But Bull was chastised for his failure and forced to undergo the experiments himself. He received injections that transformed him into a supersized monster, complete with horns. As Man Bull, he attempted to kidnap people again. Daredevil stopped him. Man Bull reverted to human form after smashing into a wall and was sent to prison. Now, El Aguila, this was probably one of his, his, uh, his stories right here or his origins. Carter Slade was born and raised in Ohio in the mid-19th century along with his brother Lincoln. Eventually, Carter decided to move out west to the new territories in order to become a school teacher at the new settlement of Bison Bend in Montana. However, when he had nearly arrived he came upon a group of what appeared to be Indians slaughtering helpless homesteaders, though he was he was untrained in using a gun. He had been a boxing champion in college and at any rate could not allow such an atrocity to go unchallenged. So those are that's a little bit about these two specific characters that you see at this point where um El Aguila and Manbo get into a fight. Question number 18. Who sues Luke Jacobson for the faulty super suit? So I'm going to tell you who he is and a little bit about him. So it's Eugene Patillo, a.k.a. Leapfrog. Eugene Patillo's father, Vincent Patillo, was an inventor who had never created anything successful. Eugene's mother, Rosie, was the breadwinner in the family and her salary kept them afloat financially. Until she died of cancer, with Vincent earning barely enough to pay the rent for his and Eugene's home, the young boy had to get in, get his own job while he was still in school. Eugene worked his tail off after school and had less time for studying. And that's who... Leapfrog is. Question number 19. What website hosts a message board full of death threats aimed at She-Hulk? So the board is called Inteligencia. And this is a little bit about the group. Group comprised of some of the greatest and most sinister minds of Earth. Inteligencia was initially a group formed to exchange information between criminal geniuses. Their principal work together was the stealing of the different parts of the library of Alexandria scattered in Wakanda, Atlantis, and Olympia. <clears throat> Their activities caused the coming of the Beyonder by using the Tachyon Ray, and they also healed the Venom symbiote in Aftermath of the Secret Wars. Eventually, the intel was betrayed by Doctor Doom and disbanded by later when the but later, when the Hulk returned to Earth and decided to wage war on the planet Modoc, and the leader uh, reformulated the team hack hacking into defense satellites and channeling cosmic energy through them, which ultimately led to the Hulk's defeat. Through this information they gathered, the Intelligentsia discovered how to combine gamma and cosmic radiation to create a powerful being. <laughs> 
Question number 20. Which which character is encouraged to remove his mask during group therapy? So he's otherwise known as Porcupine. His real life name is Alexander Gentry. Uh, weapons designer for the United States Army conceived the idea of designing a battlesuit in imitation of Porcupine. It would be covered with quill-like projections for defense and also to shoot its quills or gases, chemicals or weapons from quill-like tubes at an opponent's gentry spent months working on overtime to create his porcupine battlesuits. He was enormously proud of his achievement when the battlesuit was finished and believed his invention was worth a fortune, yet Gentry also believed that the government would pay him as an employee virtually nothing for his creation. Angrily, Gentry decide, decided to keep the porcupine Battle suits and use it to make himself wealthy through crime. Thus, Gentry became the Porcupine, one of the first costume criminals of his generation. Question number 21 What is Emil Blonsky's poetry book called? It's called Deep Haikus. A haiku is an ancient form of poem. Writing is renowned for its small size as well as the precise punctuation and syllables needed in. On its three lines, it is of ancient Japanese origin. It contains 17 syllables and three lines of 575. Haiku poems are typically about nature and usually about the specific season. Writing a haiku requires effort, but the poem is well worth it. It is easy to feel a sense of perfection when viewing a a perfectly formed haiku. We have four more questions. Question number 22. Who is revealed as Hulk King? He is known as Todd Phelps and is a billionaire and founder of Intelligentsia. Known as Hulk King, Phelps developed an obsession with She-Hulk and while being fascinated by her, he ultimately felt that she did not deserve Hulk's power. He launched a harassment campaign against her and conspired to get a sample of her blood and so he could get Hulk powers for himself. During an event at Summer Twilight's event, Phelps injected himself with the serum to fight She-Hulk, but in a revised ending, Phelps did not receive any powers and was arrested, awaiting trial for targeted harassment. Question number 22. What did K-E-V-I-N stand for, otherwise known as Kevin? So it stands for Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectivity Nexus is an enhanced artificial intelligence who is the author of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. K-E-V-I-N, otherwise known as Kevin, encountered She-Hulk as she broke the fourth wall of her show and walked into the Marvel Studios headquarters being disappointed of the show's ending, K-E-V-I-N, otherwise known as Kevin, revealed that he was the o- the one who made all the creative decisions of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and would answer She-Hulk's questions. However, 
He asked her to revert back into human form as the VFX team has already moved to another project to which she compiled K-E-V-I-N. Kevin told Walters that he possesses one of the most advanced entertainment algorithm in the world and he calls the shots on how her show will conclude. Kevin is... A play on words because Kevin Feige is the guy who oversees the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. So obviously they were just, you know, obviously they were playing with Kevin's name. Uh, moving on, question number 24. When breaking the fourth wall to Disney Plus home screen, what title card does She-Hulk jump through? And it is known as Marvel Studios Assembled. Is it an Amer- And then if you look at the Marvel Studios Assembled series that they have on Disney Plus, it's uh, is an American anthology television docuseries of specials created for the streaming service Disney Plus produced by Marvel Studios. Each special goes behind the scenes of the Marvel Cinematic Universe MCU television series or film in phase four with the creatives exploring the process of creating each series or film so i'm assuming the reason why she jumped in there was because she was going behind the scenes to question kevin so i it would probably be the best that she went in through that specific um window um and the last question is what does the hulk reveal to the family at the barbecue he brings his son Scar. As the son of Hulk, Scar has also the powers that make the Hulk such a powerful MCU character. He is a near invulnerable, has super strength, enhanced healing, and more. But he has also inherited the old power from his mother, Ky- Kyra or Syra. I'm assuming it's Kyra. This arguably makes him a more dangerous character than the, even the Hulk. Scar was born in Sakaar to Bruce Banner. Because time passes differently in Sakaar, Scar grew to be 17 to 18 years old by 2025, despite having been born 7 to 10 years beforehand. Scar Banner is a superhero appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics, usually as a supporting character in the stories featuring his father, the Hulk, who conceived Scar with the extraterrestrial Kara during the 2006 to 2007 Planet Hulk storyline. And that is my my questionnaire on the She-Hulk. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't, I'm sorry. Hopefully you guys can leave me like a message of some sort. Or maybe you can just send me a message on my Instagram or my Facebook or whatever the case. But we are going to go right into the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power questionnaire. Not as you think. Okay, so we're going to try to go through this quick. Because, yeah. The Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power questionnaire. Hopefully you guys know about the Lord of the Rings. Obviously, there's a set of films, the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, the Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King, which came out earlier 2000. And then years later, they came out with The Hobbit, uh, which was a prequel to the Lord of the Rings. It was The Hobbit. And on, uh, what was it? And on... I forgot the name of it. And on an Unfortunate? No. Let's see, uh, The Hobbit. An Unexpected Journey was the first film. The second one was called 
The Desolation of Smog, and the third one's called The Battle of the Five Armies, which have always been like a great uh, set of films. All of them were just amazing, receiving awards and accolades by like the millions. So uh, obviously the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, was uh, the next um, thing, which is, uh, it goes beyond, beyond, wait, hold on, come on. I'll give give you guys a a, a little synopsis here. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Uh, The series is set in the second age of Middle-earth, thousands of years before Tolkien's The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Uh, So yeah, it goes beyond, behind all the movies. So we're going to be following a bunch of characters that are probably, you know, Probably same characters, but past char- uh, in their in their past. So we're gonna go right into it. Question number one: How will the rest? Oh, again, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen the series, go on Amazon Prime right now, watch the series, and then come back and watch uh, or listen to the podcast. Question number one: How will the rest of the Rings of Power be forged? Because at the end of this series, you are forged with the Elf Rings. So now we are left with. The goblin, the, the dwarf rings, and the 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 human rings, and then obviously the last ring, which is um, the the main ring, Sauron's ring. Um, so, as we know from the title of the show, the Rings of Power will eventually lead to the forging of the twenty rings: three of the elves, seven of the dwarves, and nine of the immortal men. And one evil ring forged by in secret by Sauron himself. The season one finale ends with Celebrimbor, Celebrimbor forging the three elven rings. So we know the others are soon to follow. In Tolkien's work, the elves' rings are the last of the original 19 rings to be forged. So their early arrival in the rings of power definitely shakes up what we know about the books however i have a hunch that the dwarves will get their rings next and all thanks to the friendship between elrond and durin question number two what's next for the southlanders in episode seven the eye gives us some idea of what they'll be up to next a garrison of numenrians is staying behind in Metal Earth to accompany accompany the Southlanders to safety. Their destination, the old Dumerian colony of Pelagir, Pelagir are, I mean, at the mouth of Anduin River. Pelagir is part of the land that will eventually become Gondor. So it appears the Rings of Power is going to explore how the Southlanders help populate the area. However, in the books, Gondor doesn't become Gondor until after Numenor experiences great catastrophe. We'll have to wait a while to see the Great Kingdom come into its own. Also, the Southlanders still have other pressing issues to deal with, like the very real threat of Mordor. Adar and his orcs may have their home now but who's to say they won't try to expand it question number three who will take control of mordor adar or sauron sauron confidently heading into mordor 
but don't think his rise to power will be an easy road. After all, one does not one does not simply walk into Mordor, especially not when Mordor is currently ruled by the orc who tried to murder you. That's right, Sauron still has orc daddy Adar to contend with. Adar recalled to Galadriel in episode 6, Udon, he killed Sauron after his search for the power led to the deaths of countless orcs. However, as we all know by now, Sauron is far from dead. And once Adar finds that out, there's no way he's given up the home he's created for his orc children without a fight. I'm sorry if I sound like I'm sounding out these words. Obviously, I am. These are really hard names and um, hard words to pronounce. So I'm trying my best, okay? Question number four. What does Halbrand's betrayal mean to Galadriel? In Tolkien's work... Tolkien is J.R.R. Tolkien, the writer of the books. Sauron deceives many people, but he never deceives Galadriel. Even when he's in his fair form of Anatar, the, the Lord of Gifts, she has misgivings. Perhaps Halbrand's break, breach in the trust will better equip her for future Sauron encounters. After all, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Though it will fight, though it will fight side by side with you, gain your trust, then flee when you realize it's evil incarnate. Question number five. Tell me where is Celeborn? For I much desire to speak with him. Celeborn doesn't die in Tolkien's work. In fact, he and Galadriel have a pretty happy life together and their children and grandchildren after extremely important to the future. Uh, wait, are ex- they are extremely important to the future of Middle-earth. Killing off Celeborn would be mu- much more than a mere ev- deviation from Tolkien lore. It would be more like shattering canon. Celeborn has to have been imprisoned somewhere or perhaps he's gravely wounded and fighting his way back to Galadriel. Question number six, is Isildur Isildur really dead? Isildur has to survive because he has a massive role to play in the future of Middle-earth, including the founding of Gondor and the upcoming battle against Sauron. Unless Elendil has a secret child also named Isildur, we're getting him back. And since Elendil released his horse Barak out in the Middle Earth, there's a good chance Isildur will get to reunite with the beloved horse. Perhaps he'll join Bronwyn, Theo, and Orander as at Pelagar, Pelagari, or maybe he'll attempt to sail home by himself. Question number seven, just what exactly is going down in Numenor? The the island of Numenor is one of the most important parts of Tolkien's mythos, but we've never seen it portrayed on screen until now. The Rings of Power strayed quite a bit from Tolkien's legendarium with the plotline that brought Galadriel and Sauron to Numenor. Now, however... As Elendil and Queen Regent Miriel 
return home, the stage is set for Numenor's canonical corruption. Galadriel's involvement in the losses Numenor suffered in Mordor will surely stir up even more anger towards the elves and the Valar. We can already see this with Elendil, who is grieving Isildur and who was noticeably colder to Galadriel when they parted ways. Plus, with the king's recent death, Numenor will have to fill a power vacuum. Will Medial, who vowed to return to Middle-earth and aid the elves, take her father's throne or will the scheming Fatazon take her place and you can't forge for, we can't forget Edian's yo these names though forget Edian's discovery of seeing stone or palantir in the king's chambers perhaps she saw Midiel's vision of the wave or even worse opened up a pathway to Numenor to unknowingly communicate with Sauron. Idian, Farazon, and Farazon's son, Kamen. Kamen did not have much screen time this season, but based on what the finale is setting up, it's likely they're about to become far more influential. <laughs> so obviously, everybody, I didn't study these names so i'm not gonna know exactly how to pronounce these names even when i read the books i'm not standing there standing out the names i just go read the name really quick or what it sounds like in my head and i keep the story moving a lot of these um, answers i researched so obviously i'm reading the answers from the research um i did see the shows and stuff i just don't know how to phrase this because it's such complex stories Question number eight. Will Disa and Durin, I don't know the number, uh, try to dig more Mithril? And will the Balrog appear? In episode seven, King Durin uh, III discovered his son, Durin, I guess the fourth, uh, driving to mine more Mithril for elves. He disowned his son in one of the show's most heartbreaking scenes yet, but when Durin, I guess the fourth, returned to his wife, Disa, she said that Durin III was just jealous in a speech that gave off some big Lady Macbeth energy. She told him that one day the two of them would rule Khazad Doom and all other mountains and that they would dig all the mithril they want but perhaps the biggest cliffhanger on the dwarf storyline is the teeny tiny matter of Balrog living in the depths of Khazad Doom as we know from the main lord of the rings trilogy the dwarves awakened the, this balrog known later as durin's bane by delving in uh, delving too greedily and too deep in their search of mithril naturally all hell breaks loose to durin in durin's bane actually refers to durin the fourth i believe she perhaps so perhaps Durin the Fourth is safe from the Balrog. However, based on the Rings of Power looseness with Tolkien's timeline and the Balrog foreshadowing in Episode Seven, anything is possible. So we got two more questions on this. 
And just bear with me because I know these names are very complex. Question number nine. What will the stranger and Nori find in Rune? Nori and the stranger's entire plotline is completely new. So this upcoming story could go in many different directions. This uncertainty about their future is intensified by the fact that not much is known about Rune. We do know that it's home for the Easterlings who go on to support Sauron. Token did not, wait, Token, Token didn't go into much detail beyond that, so the creative team behind the Rings of Power might as well have free reign. The Stranger and Nori could encounter other members of the Stranger's Istari order. Or maybe we'll find out more about the white-cloaked mystics who were hunting the stranger throughout the season. And the final question, will we see more of the poppy and the other Harfoots? Since Harfoots are related to Hobbity, creatures don't figure majorly into Middle-earth history until Bilbo and Frodo the third age. in the Third Age. It's likely but not impossible that we'll see poppy cross paths with, say, Galadriel and the, Numenor the Numenorians. However, the finale did appear to be settling, setting Poppy uh, up as a Harfoot, as the Harfoot's next trail finder. So perhaps next time we see her, she'll be guiding the Harfoots across Middle-earth. I did research and it said that supposedly the Harfoots are part of I guess they're the the ancestors of the of the hobbits, so maybe that's their their family of some sort. I don't know, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, that's it for the for the um, the questionnaires. Hopefully, you enjoyed them. If you didn't, I'm sorry. I'll try to do better. We're gonna we are gonna continue straight. I'm sorry, I just repeated myself twice. We're gonna continue with uh, news, and then we're gonna go right into our reviews and recommendations, and then we're gonna call it a day. And stay tuned for the podcast <clears throat> for Christmas. Uh, let's go right into the news. I'm sorry, I'm a little um, out of it here. Uh, I gotta get my notes together. So obviously, we're gonna talk about Steven Twitch Boss, which I spoke about a little bit at the beginning. Uh, the news of Stewie and Twitch Boss, uh, Boss's suicide last week came as a shock for countless fans and fellow stars alike. How could a celebrity whose life was seemingly filled with so much joy have been struggling internally? Mental health professionals highlight the importance of checking in on one's emotional well-being, especially amid the holiday season. While the public does not know exactly why or how Boss was struggling, his death represents a sobering reality that black men in particular <clears throat> have been taught expressing mental health struggles in a sign of weakness. There has been is a sign of weakness there has been this commentary that unanimous that that's unanimous about how boss embodied love in life but you can't 
always assume that everyone is okay. Mo Ari Brown, a marriage and family therapist, says that of Boss's death, we don't always think that these societal pressures or the systematic systematic uh, problems that tend to impact the majority of a group are still going to impact that person. Sometimes that smile might be a mask for pain. I mean, if you look at his tw- his uh, Twitter account and his Instagram, he never seemed like he was down and depressed. I mean, he did movies. He was in the Ellen series. He did so many. Like, the last thing that I saw him was the Nutcracker, the 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 Disney Plus is the the, the hip hop nutcracker and that's crazy if he was able to hide such pain I don't know personally I thought it was something I don't know foul play involved but who knows I mean a lot of people called me stupid because I said that the JDF thing was a little mysterious but I don't know Um, I just hope that his family finds peace and, um, you know, God have mercy on his soul, his friends, you know, Ellen came on saying stuff about him too. I know that this is crazy. I mean, I would never think I deal with depression and anxiety a lot, but I would never think of ending it. I mean, just recently I've been having a lot of problems with it, but I, I'm so excited to see what tomorrow brings. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I feel I feel for them. Uh, moving into further um, news, canceled Michael Keaton DC movie was known to be as Batman Beyond adaptation. It's crazy. We're never going to see any of these things, and if they are, maybe later on in the future. Hopefully, I'm still around because it just feels like it's taking forever for them to try to get this these movies up and running. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones nominates Lisette Oliveira for Female Zorro or next Elena de la Vega. So, obviously, we saw the we saw the movies, the Zorro movies, which were, what, in the 2000s? They were like, uh, I guess, superhero films of, of, you know, of that era, which Zorro would be known as, you know, a swashbuckling uh, hero. And... You know, obviously, people still want, you know, that popularity to come back. So, obviously, you know, uh, speaking to Catherine Zeta-Jones and Antonio Banderas, they nominated who they would think that would be good as the next Zorro or um, Elena de la Cruz. Now, uh, I would see... um, Catherine Zeta-Jones nomination as a possibility, but I don't think Antonio Banderas' nomination would be anything because uh, Tom Holland is... uh, He's a British actor. He's not Spanish. Traditionally now, uh, people are trying to hear more to the ethnicities of these characters. So they probably want a Spanish guy or some kind of a, you know, Spain character. Moving on, Angela, ba- Angela Bassett receives Golden Globe nomination for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Will this lead to an Oscar? I literally, when I saw this movie, <laughs> I said... Angela Bassett deserves uh, some kind of recommendation or a recognition for this character. Um, And I saw it in the second one and I was like, she definitely is going to get something. And here we go. Uh, Mo Man, villain for the Fantastic Four. Mo Man is thrown around as the Fantastic Four villain. Um, And I'm going to read you a little bit of Mo Man. Harvey Elder was born circa 1910. A bizarre physical appearance and poor eyesight caused him to be shunned and ridiculed since childhood. However, much of his past 
life is at the time unrecorded until his adulthood. The earliest supposed record of Harvey Elder dates back to his childhood. According to his grandmother, Harvey was normally introverted, but really enjoyed Christmas and Santa Claus because department store Santa's shunned him. His grandfather, Robert, often dressed up as Santa, which brought a little bit of joy in Harvey's otherwise miserable life. As an adult, he became a scientist ridiculed by his peers. Harvey was pitied by a woman named Lorna. Elder <clears throat> fell in love with the woman but could not bring himself to tell her how he truly felt about her unable to take the taunting anymore uh, elder quit his job and started down the long road that would change his life forever <clears throat> which he became mole man i guess i don't know anything about mole man uh news screen six teaser is out now scream six teaser if you guys are scream fans and you love scream five scream six teaser is out now john krasinski has not spoken to marvel if he will return as the role of um reed richards in you know the fantastic four he was reed richards in uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness and everybody went crazy for this but a lot of people are saying that that was just a fan casting for that specific role for that movie so let's see who is up there <clears throat> James Gunn shut down the possibility of blending Robert Pattinson's Batman universe with the DCU okay I guess that, that's going to be a standalone James Gunn wants to approach Superman in an earlier part of his life, so Henry Cavill will not portray the character. Henry Cavill also released a comment he won't be returning. James Gunn did state that he had a great meeting and discussed about the possibilities of working together in the future. He is currently writing the script, and if scheduling doesn't conflict, he might direct this new Superman movie. He also met with Ben Affleck as a, in a meeting um, for DC Studios to see if Ben Affleck would possibly direct a new DCU film. What movie? Nobody knows. Imagine he directs Superman. Um, Jason Momoa has also spoke to him and it looks like they are interested in changing his character into making him Lobo. So I guess Aquaman is going to probably be... Uh, done he's done with Rockman and he will be playing Lobo if he agrees <clears throat> and we got further news uh Ash Ketchum who has portrayed um you know the same character for the last 25 years in Pokemon Ash Ketchum is ending his run in Pokemon anime. The Pokemon company made the announcement he would leave his 25 year journey to become a master would end with an 11 episodes finale series will will continue with new characters this will air in 2023 that's sad black adam is the top movie on hbo max obviously freaking bunch of idiots sorry but it's the truth won't go to the movie theaters but watch it at home because it's free uh theaters is i really hope theaters don't doesn't go underneath i still love my theaters I don't like being at home watching these big um, budget films. It's 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 horrible. Disenchanted and um, um, what else? Disenchanted and there was another movie that came out 
um, that I was just so like, no, this movie has to be theatrically released. It just killed me to watch it. It was Disenchanted and some other movie. I know Slumberland was another one. Uh, moving on, Loki season two picks first look is out. So we get to see the pictures of Loki season two. Uh, Christian Bale stated he's open to play a new MCU role. I guess he finally liked MCU, so he wants to go back into it. Michael Rosenbaum looking to return as Lex Luthor in the new DCU. Michael Rosenbaum was Lex Luthor in the Smallville series. James Gunn has been taken to Twitter, shutting down not only untrue theories, haters, and posting up plans and news about the future DCU. Uh, there's a, a, a hashtag going around saying fire and James Gunn tweets and posts have made the rounds, but James Gunn loves the turmoil and released a letter pretty much, uh, mushing, t- uh, pretty much telling them this will not change nothing. Deal with it because I guess so many people are hating on him because they took Henry Cavill off and everything and, it's just he's trying to start a new DCU. You hated all the DCU movies. You compared them to everything. And now he's trying to start a new. Just trust. Trust in the process. And finally, Black Adam has been set to the side. Pretty much he will not be utilized in the first chapter of the new DCU. And will probably... Uh, probably leave with Dwayne Johnson in the future... He had a meeting a meeting with Dwayne Johnson, and they will work together in the future. But as of now, Black Adam will be set aside. Is is this the end for The Rock and Black Adam? Who knows? But um, obviously, even Black Adam failed at the box office, so they need to do something new. So far right now, there is The Flash. There is, uh, what else? The Flash. Joker's being made. Aquaman, well, The Flash, Aquaman, and Shazam are the three movies that are left of the DCEU. What are they going to do with those? Are they going to release them just to make a a last, you know, kind of like what they did with New Mutants and um, Dark Phoenix when the the DCEU ended? I mean, not the DCEU, the the Marvel um, acquired the rights to the Fox um, stuff. They had two movies that were going to be released, which was New Mutants and Dark Phoenix. They both were released and they both flopped at the box office. So they took in whatever money they made and, you know, pretty much just moved on with their plans for the next, um, you know, for the new Marvel Marvel Universe. Um, So I'm assuming that that's what they're going to do too. James Gunn is probably going to release Aquaman, The Flash, and... The Aquaman, The Flash, and uh, and Shazam, and just take in what them, those movies make. And that's it for our uh, news, and we're going to go right into the reviews and recommendations. Around this time, like I was telling you, this was like toward the end of last year. It was me and my friend Maria, and we were watching horror movies and just catching up on marathons and other stuff because new things were coming out, and we were just getting prepared for that. And the movie that we watched was called Quarantine. Now, I remember watching this movie back in the day in the theaters. It was a remake of of us. Of uh, Spain, a, a Hispanic movie called Wreck, which was actually um, Wreck is short for record, and it was like a camera movie where a first-person movie where it was documented um, firsthand, kind of like um, 
The Blair Witch Project, and it reads a television reporter and her cameraman are trapped inside a building quarantined by the CDC after the outbreak of the mysterious virus, which turns humans into bloodthirsty killers, which was otherwise known as zombies. So yeah, this is a movie that, um, you know, first person film and... You know, they go, they're, they're, they're doing a documentary on a fire, uh, what's it called, a f- fire department, and they get this call to go to, to this apartment building. This movie was released in 2008, and it starred Jennifer Carpenter, Jane Hernandez, Steve Harris, Joey King. It had a slew of different actors. Columbus Short was also in it. Um, they played, uh, was it Jay Hernandez and Columbus Short portrayed firefighters, um, and they were they went to this apartment building, and there was, uh, I believe, Jonathan Sitch and Columbus Short. They were police officers that also responded to this call of uh, some woman having some kind of situation and they had to go in there and then um, they find out that the CDC quarantined the building, wouldn't let them out and they all started becoming zombies. They started trying to eat each other. So uh, Jennifer Carpenter and Steve Harris were um, the documenters who went into the building. They were just following the fire department and they ended up going inside and um, they were caught in the in the midst of all this. Joey Keene, this must have been one of Joey Keene's first roles because she was a little girl and she was the first real um, zombie kid she ended up biting her mother and stuff because she was already sick uh this brought out a sequel called quarantine 2 terminal which didn't come out in the theaters it was more of a of a straight to video type thing and it was not i mean wreck the original movie had a bunch of sequels but uh quarantine 2 didn't follow the sequels of wreck so it reads reporter angela and her camera and scott are doing a story on the night shift firefighters for a a reality tv program A a late night distress call takes them to los angeles apartment building where the police are investigating a report of horrific screams the tv team and emergency workers find an old woman who suddenly attacks with teeth bared what's more angela and and company find that the building has been sealed by cdc workers then the attacks really begin everybody gets pretty much manhandled and killed in this series in this movie so um sorry for the spoilers people spoiler alert Uh, moving on, next one that we watched was House on Haunted Hill. Now, this is a remake of House on Haunted Hill that starred... Hold on, I'll give you a little brief uh, synopsis on the... Okay, on Haunted Hill. So, it was a 1995, 1959 film, House on Haunted Hill, which... Oh, sorry, uh, directed by William Castle, and it starred Vincent Price... Um, who you probably don't know if you don't if you aren't a film buff. Um, so, Price plays an eccentric millionaire, Frederick Lauren, who, along with his wife Annabelle, has invited five people to the house for a haunted house party. Whoever stays in the house for one night will earn ten thousand dollars. As the night progresses, the guests are trapped within the house with an assortment of terrors now the movie was remade in 1999 
and it pretty much runs it, the same story. Um, it's directed by William Malone, starring Jeffrey Rush, who plays the part of Vincent Price, Famke Jensen, Tay Diggs, Ali Larder, Bridget Wilson, Peter Gallagher, and Chris Kattan, a slew of uh, actors that were very popular in the 90s going into the 2000s. The plot follows a group of strangers who are invited to a party at an abandoned insane asylum that is made to look like a house where they are offered one million each by an amusement park mogul if they are able to survive the night. So, obviously, this was one of those big movies of the 90s. Uh, It's produced by Robert Zemeckis, who is known for directing the Back to the Future movies and Joel Silver. And it's obviously a remake of 1959. They made a sequel to this movie, uh, which we saw later on during the year. Um, But, yes, this was one of my favorites back in the day. I remember watching this with my mom. I didn't go to the theaters. I I remember that they were kind of like... I remember the commercial being somewhat like if you last year or if you I don't know there was like a prize being given out for this movie I don't exactly remember because this was years ago um, after that we saw Ghostbusters 2 which was the sequel to Ghostbusters the discovery of a massive river of ectoplasm and the resurgence of the spectral activity allows the staff of Ghostbusters to revive the business I remember that during this time when this movie came out it um, a lot of people said that this was literally the a rehash of the first one um, and it bombed at the box office from what I understand let me see uh read to you excuse me uh so the movie let's see the reviews after the success of ghostbusters columbia pictures wanted to see a sequel but struggled to overcome objections from the cast and crew as the first film Aykroyd and ramus collaborated in the script which went through many variations the pair wanted to convey a message about the consequences of negative human emotions in large cities they settled on the idea of negative feelings creating a mass of supernatural slime beneath new york city that empowers malevolent 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 spirits with a budget of 30 to 40 million filming took place between November 1988, March 1989, and November in New York City and Los Angeles. Production was rushed compared to the original film's 13-month shooting schedule. Large sections of this film were scrapped after poorly received test screenings. New scenes were written and filmed during reshoots between March and March and April 1989 only two months before its success Ghostbusters 2 was released in June 16 2089 I mean 1989 to generally negative reviews critics responded unfavorably to what they perceived as largely a copy of the original and softening of its cynical dark humor to be more family friendly although the performances of Peter McNichol and Rick Moranis were repeatedly singled out for praise as the sequel to the then highest grossing comedy film of all time. Ghostbusters 2 was expected to dominate the box office. Instead, the film earned $215.4 million during its theatrical run compared with the original's $282.2 million. <clears throat> making it the 8th highest grossing film of the year. Columbia Pictures deemed it 
of financial and critical failure, effectively dissuading Murray from participating in a third Ghostbusters film. Its soundtrack single On Our Own by Bobby Brown was a success, spending 20 weeks at the United States uh, music charts. The film failed to replicate the cultural impact of following of Ghostbusters, although some critics retrospectively praised it, Ghostbusters 2 is generally seen as a poor follow-up to Ghostbusters and responsible for stalling the franchise for decades. The film spawned a series of merchandise, including video games, board games, comic books, music, toys, and haunted houses. Despite the relative failure of Ghostbusters 2, a second sequel was pursued through the early 2010s following the 2016 series reboot Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which was horrendous. A sequel to Ghostbusters 2 entitled Ghostbusters Afterlife was released Afterlife was released in 2021, which to me was an amazing film. Amazing film. So yes, um, supposedly that movie uh, killed the franchise for a very long time until um, was it uh, Afterlife? So okay, uh, moving on. The next movie that I saw was the next one in my non-MCU marathon, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. When New York is put under siege by Oscorp, it is up to Spider-Man to save the city he swore to protect as well as his loved ones. So this uh, starred Andrew Garfield. To me, the best Spider-Man out there. I don't know. Tom Holland just didn't do it for me. And Tobey Maguire was, you know, obviously, you know, old. Um, but Amazing Spider-Man Andrew Garfield was the best. And obviously, when he came back to No Way Home, uh, everybody was, oh, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield. Obviously, this movie was in, uh, put with a lot of, you know, it was smashed up with a lot of different characters. But to me, still, it was such a fun movie to watch. And finally... Um, we were going into our holiday season of 2021, I believe, and the next one in the in the lineup of holiday movies that I was going to watch was Scrooge, another Bill Murray film. A selfish, cynical television executive is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons. So obviously, Scrooge was one of my favorite movies growing up. It was a retelling of A Christmas Carol. But told in a comedic form and um hold on bill murray um was so it's uh, i'll read to you the synopsis really quick here based on the 19 hold on based on the uh based on the 1943 novella of christmas carol by charles dickens scrooge is a modern retelling that follows bill murray as frank cross a cynical and selfish television executive who is visited by a succession of ghosts in christmas eve intent on helping him regain his christmas spirit the film also stars karen allen and a slew of other actors um, Scrooge was filmed in for uh, filmed on a 32 million budget over the three months of New York City and and Hollywood. Murray returned to acting for the film after taking a four year hiatus following the success of Ghostbusters, which he found overwhelming. 
<laughs> Mary worked with Glazer and Old Donahue who on reworking the script before agreeing to join the pro- the project. The pro- production was tumultuous, tumultuous, as Murray and Donna had different visions for the film. Murray described his time on the film as misery, while Donner called Murray super, superbly creative, but occasionally difficult, along with Murray's three brothers, Brian, John, and Joel Scrooge, featured numerous celebrity cameos. Now, when I saw this movie back when I was young, I couldn't believe how fun this freaking movie was. And, you know, to tell me, like, honestly, to tell you the truth, to know that um, Bill Murray, because after, you know, I've done, not not, not looked documentaries, but I've looked up different other actors and how Bill Murray has been on the set of most of his famous movies. And he is difficult to work with. He was not the best person to work with. And it's just it's crazy to see that you know that you know you think some of these actors are really nice and they're really not like Jennifer Lopez has been known to be one of the worst um, people to work for and she's a snob and all this stuff and you would think that she's down to earth I don't know I don't know how it is but yes everybody we have come to the conclusion of another podcast uh, I am Dave D Saint you can find me on all the major hashtags under Dave underscore D underscore Saints or Dave D Saints or David Santiago sorry everybody I have a hiccups you can find me on on PSN if you want to play some video games with me under Ariel Dean 81 Ariel as in under the sea Dean as in James Dean and 81 as in the number that comes after 80 um, stay tuned for my podcast for my Christmas episode uh, and just like Dusty Swirl 77 says all the time take care man